My name's John Varekin. It's good to be here with you this morning. My lovely wife Carla's here. It's great to be here. 35 years ago, I left Resurrection Life Church, and 33 years we've spent on the mission field since we're kicking off Heart for the Kingdom today. Today we talk about missions, and, and, and what I'm going to share with you today is, is, is not exactly missions, but it's close, so you'll get the idea. But it's great to be here. Hey, this baptism was awesome. You, I, if you're sitting in the back, you can't see the excitement. When they roll off there, they walk out of their lives being transformed. And I love to watch people take a step towards God. And if you're here today, and maybe you don't even know what this is about, but this is about people stepping towards their Heavenly Father. And today, you can step towards Him. You can step towards him. You can take a step towards him. And after the service, when we're finishing up today, we'll tell you how you can do that. It's great to be here. Hey, uh, Carla and I are missionaries, so we'll give you a little missions report, just something uh, recent. A lot of you know that I worked together with John Maxwell. About 10 days ago, we were in Guatemala. I, I lead anything uh, John does south of the border, I lead that, so we lead different initiatives. And so we, we do a a country transformation initiative. In other words, we get permission from the president, the prime minister, the king, whoever it is that's in charge to come in, and we teach values across the board uh, in government and business and education, sports, arts, media, etc. And uh, just add value to people. And as you add value to people, their life gets better. When their life gets better, their heart opens up. So then about every three months or every four months, we go into these countries that we're doing transformation in, and we'll do these events. And when we're all done talking about values, we take some time, and, uh, and we voluntarily ask people to stay, and they stay, and we share Christ with them. So I got a picture up on the screen I'm going to show you. This was last week. This was 10 days ago. That's an auditorium full. We had about 20,000 people in our events there. Everybody's dressed the same because on that side of the auditorium are the military. So we had the police force. In this event, we had the police force. We had the, the, the uh, bomberos. How do you say bomberos? We had the firemen. We had the <laughs> bomberos, of course. Uh, we had the what would be FEMA, um, the Guatemalan FEMA and the police, the police, firemen, FEMA, and the military. And when we got done, this is, this is right at the end here. I'll show you the next picture. See all those men and women up front there? They came to an event to hear about values, and when they were all done, they took a step towards Christ. And no, this is, these are not church people. Um, these are soldiers and, and policemen, like I said. And we had 5,000 people in our events come forward to receive Christ as Lord and Savior. It is awesome to be part of what God is doing. And it's all about life's transformed and people taking a step towards their Heavenly Father. And it's a privilege for us to be, to be part of that and we're your hands extended. And that's what you're doing as part of your heart for the kingdom. Today I want to talk to you about something that's, uh, that was birthed out of an experience I had about six months ago, Saturday morning, about seven, eight o'clock in the morning, the next day I had to leave on a trip. So I thought, oh, I'll get up and go to the gas station. So I got up and 
went to the gas station to get some gas in my car. And Saturday morning, Saltillo, Mexico, wasn't a whole lot going on. There wasn't a lot of people on the streets, few cars here and there. Pulled up to an intersection, streetlight, was waiting. And there to my left, I saw a, which it was evident, she was Honduran lady with a little baby, obviously making her way north. And that's a different subject, but this is my story. She was waking, making her, her way north, and she was there trying to get some money to eat and to feed her child. So I, I looked in, in my little change thing that I had, and I, and, and I, I ran out of the house, had sweats on, so I didn't, I didn't have any change on me. So I, I just kind of sat in my car, and I, I usually, anybody that's on the corner, I'll, I'll give them something, but I didn't have any change. So uh, the light turned green, and I started pulling away. As I started, started pulling away, it was evident to me, wasn't an audible voice, but it was evident <laughs> that God, that God uh, spoke to me. And basically, his words were, you know, you always hear God's voice kind of the way you talk, you know. And so um, I heard him say, what's up with that? (laughs) And I got the drift right away. And so I said, well, I didn't, you know, I didn't have any change on me. And the Lord reminded me that he said, no, but you have money in your wallet. So I... Quickly, I was going under underpass, so I just went under the underpass, turned left, and started ma- making my way around. As I made my way around, the Lord spoke to my heart and said, you have the, re- you have the ability to respond to that lady's need. And, I, and when you have the ability to respond, John, I want you to respond. So I made my, my way around, and I reached in my wallet, and I had a 100-peso bill. 100 pesos is $6, exchange rate. Basically about $6. So I pulled out $6. Imagine that. Pay a 100-peso bill, pulled up to the corner, waved her over. She came, she came over. I gave her the 100-peso bill. When, when she saw the 100-peso bill, you would have thought she won that $1.6 billion lottery last week or whatever it was. I won't ask how many bought lottery tickets. He's supposed to do that, you know that, but that's different. Uh, <laughs> I was in Guatemala, so I couldn't buy one, so I'm good to go. <laughs> she looked at that thing, and you would have thought I gave her all the money in the world. She looked, she looked up that, at me, and she said, oh, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Couldn't stop thanking me. I said, I said, I'm good. I said where are you from? She said, a, a, a city in Honduras. And I said, well, God bless you, and, and I took off. When I left, I thought, okay, I'm good. I left and God kept speaking to me. And he said, okay, this is what you're going to do. From now on, now I, I have, we have churches, different churches we planted in Mexico. And, 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 and I have campus pastors and I don't receive a salary or any income from our churches. But when I preach, the church gives me a, a, an offering. It's not a whole lot. It's in pesos. It's just a little over $100. And God spoke to me and said, okay, this is what you're going to do. From now on... Every time you preach in your church and you get that offering, you're going to take it, you're going to exchange it into 100 peso bills, and every time you come to a street corner, you're going to help out the South Americans that are heading north. I said, yes, sir. So I went home like a good husband, said, Carla, this is what the Lord says to you. And... (laughs) So I did, I did. I, so, so I, I said, you need, to, you need to figure out how you're going to get your 100 pesos bills. I'm going to use my offering for when I preach. And so, 
Now we go every, you know, every day we're out and about, and there's Central Americans, the caravan's nothing new, um, but there's Central Americans making their way up, and they come through our city, and, and so we, we help them out. But the, the, where I'm getting to is God spoke to me and said, when you have the ability to respond, you better do something. And it was just his word for me, and so I began to think about that, meditate on that, kind of develop that, and, and I've put together something based out of that that I want to share with you. I submit it to you. We're just kicking off Heart for the Kingdom, and, and, and I want to talk to you about something. It's a little play on words, but I call it responsibility. Responsibility. That's a little play on words. I know it should have an I, but the ability to respond. That's what I want to talk to you about today, the ability to respond to whatever it is in that moment that's before you. Now, I want to take a few minutes to just kind of set this up, and then I want to talk to you about five levels of response ability. And when we're done, I'm going to give you the opportunity to respond. So response ability. You know, in the beginning, God created Adam and Eve, and Adam, Eve, Eve, Adam, proper introduction. And the very, very next thing that the Lord did was to give Adam and Eve responsibility. I don't know if you ever, you ever thought about that, and it's in Genesis 2:15, right after creation, right after Adam, Eve, Eve, Adam, good, he looked at it, you're good, good, everything's good, it's good. The very next thing, he gives them responsibility. Genesis 2.15 says, The Lord God took man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and to care for it. Other version of the Bible says, And he gave them the responsibility of the garden. So the very, very, very first thing that the Lord did after creation was to give man and woman responsibility. Why? I believe because every single one of us were made to carry responsibility. And from responsibility, we get passion, we get purpose, we get fulfillment, and we get happiness. The four things that I believe that all of us are looking for more than anything else is all birthed out of responding to responsibility. In other words, embracing responsibility. I'm going to put this up on a board. And, and by the way, if you want to take notes today, it's going to be really easy. I've got a bunch of the most important things that I'm going to say on slides. They're going to put it up there. You can take your phone out, boop, click a picture, go back home. You have all the notes and you can look at it later. So I'd say this first, the ability to step up, embrace, and respond to the task before you, whatever that is, creates purpose, passion, fulfillment, and happiness. The lack of responsibility, in other words, I look at something and I take a step back. The lack of responsibility creates a lostness. And when I say a lostness, it's a lack of passion, lack of fulfillment, a lack of excitement, and some people would say a lack of purpose. So, so many people live their life thinking, so there's got to be more to life than this. 
And the truth is, and it's really simple, it's not hard, just, just embracing that thing that you can do something about every single day, you will walk right into your purpose. The ability to step up and to embrace that. And, and, and my question would be, could, could this be the major reason why our generation lacks purpose or lacks passion or, or lacks fulfillment and lacks happiness and we're looking for it in so many places? But yet that, that one word, response ability, the ability to respond to what it is before us gives it to us. And that's why God gave man responsibility right out of the chute, right out of the chute, the first thing, because God wanted man to have purpose, passion, fulfillment, happiness, so he gave them something that they could respond to. And I'd say this, without realizing it, our generation is losing a value that we love to celebrate. You know, we love to celebrate responsibility. You know, you think of, of a police officer that responds and saves a life. We celebrate him. Why? Because he was responsible. A single mother that, that, that takes care of, works hard, and is responsible, puts her children to school. We celebrate her. Why? Because she's responsible. A, a, a lady that launches a nonprofit to help underprivileged children. We celebrate that. A man that takes time out to spend time with a young boy that doesn't have a daddy or his daddy doesn't, doesn't live at home. We celebrate that. We celebrate people's... Mother Teresa, Calcutta, India, we celebrate. Even, even people's lives, once they're gone, what is it that we celebrate? You go to a funeral, what do you celebrate? You celebrate where that person, that man or that woman was responsible could be the person was totally irresponsible or irresponsible in so many areas, but what do we pick out? We celebrate their life where they were responsible. Why is it? Because responsibility is a driving force that drives us to do good things. And, and I believe that the people that, that respond, that have the, the ability to respond and and step up in our generation will be the history makers of this generation. It's responsibility that will cause you to be a history maker. And if, if I asked you here today, how many people want to make history? How many people want to leave their, their footprints on planet Earth? I guarantee you so, so many of us would raise our hands. It's as simple as embracing whatever it is before us. Now, even though man was created to embrace responsibility, embracing responsibility is not natural. Why? Because we're broken. We're broken. So it, it's not, it, it, we were made for it, but it's not natural. What's natural is making excuses. Making excuses is natural. Blaming others is natural. Hoping somebody else will act. That's what's natural. What's natural is hoping somebody else will do something. Why? Because responsibility is a burden. That's why I, I question so much today whether I, whether I would, would talk to you about responsibility this morning because I knew nobody would be, be up. Yeah! Yes! A word from the Lord. Responsibility. No, because, it, because responsibility is a burden. 
Responsibility is heavy. I'll put this up on a screen. It's a burden. It carries with it a weight. It's not light. It's not easy. What I'm talking to you about is not easy. That's why I'm talking to you and me here. The great majority of us are Christ followers. So, so this is for us. Responsibility will constrain you from places, from people, and from certain things. Being responsible means there are certain places, people, and things that I just don't go to and be with. Yet at the same time, responsibility will also push me to places, towards people, and to things that I would not normally do. Our generation urgently, urgently, urgently needs responsibility champions. And that's why I'm here this morning. I think there's some responsibility champions in this place. And I think there's some people that are going to step up and say, you know what? I was at a certain level, but today I'm going to a new level. I believe that's going to happen today. So to do that, I'm going to take the rest of my time. i got about 15 minutes. Take the rest of my time, and I want to talk to you about five levels of responsibility. Say with me, response. Say with me, response. Ability. Okay, and, and you know this little play on words. So we're going to say that. We're going to say it together. But you gotta, you, you've got to say it like that little hyphen is in there, okay? Okay, we're going to say it together. Response, ability. One, two, three. Response, ability. All right. So every time you hear the word response, ability, you're going to think about these five levels, and you're going to think about where you're at. Five levels of responsibility. Number one, you are responsible for you. Everybody smile. (laughs) And I know this is true. The the hardest person to lead is me. For me to lead me. But the bottom line is, first level, and I call this the base level. Over on this side, you'll you'll see the different levels. Level number one, responsibility. I am responsible for me. You are responsible for you. That's where it all starts. I'm responsible for my attitudes. I'm responsible for my actions. I'm responsible for my decisions. I'm responsible for my own life. This is a place where we start to erase the excuses of, well, it, it wasn't me. It's, it's because it's, I am responsible for me. No matter what my background no matter where I'm from, how many know that we all come from a certain level of dysfunction? And I have family here in the auditorium today. <laughs> and there's different levels, but we all come from a, a level of dysfunction. Why? Because we're just broken people, some more than others, but we all come from some level of dysfunction. The question is, are we going to use that dysfunction as a crutch to kind of to kind of limp through life, or are we going to use that dysfunction to catapult us to be super responsible people? In other words, are we going to use the phrase, I, I like this phrase, not with me. It may have been that way, but not with me. I wrote down some sentences, I'll just say them to you, because responsibility says, not with me. For example, I lived in a very negative surrounding, but not with me. I will live a great positive, with a great positive attitude. That's just, I am going to re, be responsible for me. Another sentence, I, I, I lived with sadness, but 
Not with me. I'm going to live happy. No one from my family has ever graduated from college. Not with me. I will study and I will develop myself daily. I have a special needs child and and that, that ends in dysfunction. Not with me. That was a personal one. Me and Carla have a, a, a special needs child, and, and the statistics are against us. And every day, every day, every day in my mind, I said, not with me, not with me. You be responsible. My whole family suffers from diabetes. Not with me. I will watch my weight. I will eat good. I will take care of my health. In other words, not with me. I will be responsible for my life. Base level, base level. That's where we start. I just showed you a couple pictures from Guatemala while we were there. Actually, it was right before that event, right there. We were in, the, in, in a room. There was about 50 of us on this team. There were some, some guests that came down, and, and, uh, and we have our leadership team in Guatemala. And, and so we were having lunch, and this, and this man came in on crutches, and he, he, and one, he was missing a leg. It was obvious his pant leg was pinned up. And so he came in on crutches. I knew there was a person that was going to come in and speak to us as a group. And he walked up front. And so we got him a chair. And he sat down. His name's Cesar. And he told us his story. He said, about a year and a half ago, I was, I was in a round table. That's, that's what we use. That's the methodology we use for, uh, for values training. So he said, I was... I was about a year and a half learning values about a good attitude and about responsibility and about integrity and about all these things. And I'm a school teacher. So what I would learn in my roundtable, I would take it to class and I would talk to my classroom about it. He said, uh, about a year ago, I left school on my motorcycle and, and a car accidentally cut me off. I went off uh, the road and down into a kind of a cliff. And so when I woke up, they had, to, had amputated my leg. And, and they didn't just amputate it down low. It was a, it was a state-run hospital. It wasn't real good medical uh, facility, et cetera. And they, they, they ended up amputating his leg way high where it's almost impossible for, for somebody to be fitted with, a, with a, uh, a, a prosthetic leg. So he's telling us a story. Obviously, we could see he was without a leg. He said... It was time for me to go back to my classroom, and I went back to my classroom, and I had to talk to myself before I walked into my classroom because I had looked my students in the eyes and said, it's worth, it's worth everything in life to live with a positive attitude, to, to be responsible, to live with values, and now I needed to be a living proof, or I needed to be living proof, an example of that. Walked into my classroom, talked to the kids, talked to my kids. I said, you guys, you all know I had an accident, lost my leg, but that's not an excuse for me to have a bad attitude. I will have a good attitude. I will love life. And someday, he told his students this with no hope, someday I will walk again. And the students applauded, and he said, I had to be an example. Well, he's telling us this story. What he didn't know is part of our kind of VIP group was a doctor that is actually an anesthesiologist, but he, he has a large, large business 
with over 300 hospitals, and part of those hospitals have specialty in making prosthetics for people that don't have an easy job of putting a prosthetic on. So this Cesar is telling us this story, and everybody's crying, and we're thinking, man, this guy's awesome. And he said, so I decided I was going to live with values. I would be responsible for my life. And he said, and I have a dream, as he finished up, his last words were, that someday I'll walk again. This guy, Brian's his name, he comes running up. He says, JV, JV. He said, he said, I can get, I, he can walk. He can walk. I have it in my power for him to get a prosthetic. Like, so I said, Cesar, you want to walk? He said, yeah, I want to walk. Well, Brian's going to help you walk. So pretty soon, so it is a party going on. Cesar did not know that when he walked into his classroom and looked at the students and said, I will be responsible for my own life, for my own attitude, in the good and in the bad, that God had somebody waiting to give him an awesome gift to be able to walk again. That's base level. That's base level. I will be responsible for my own life. Level number two. You assume responsibility for your own surroundings. Okay, so there's a change in words here. You are responsible for you. From level two to level five, it's all a decision. It's all a decision. You assume. I decide. I will go beyond just me, my life here on earth, take care of myself. And now I begin to go and I begin to go on the responsibility Scale. This is the leadership level. You assume responsibility for your surroundings. You start to take responsibility for things outside of your life, but in your power to do something. You wake up at 6.30 in the morning, you get in your car, you're heading to work, and you look over and you see the hood of the car of a single mom that lives in your neighborhood open. And, you, and, and, and our thought is, I'm in a hurry, I've got things to do, I've got to get to the office, Responsibility says, I will lead, I will set me aside, and I will help. That's leadership. If I asked you today, how many want to lead? Most of us would raise our hand. Leadership comes, it begins when I start to assume responsibility outside of my life. Embracing your son's little buddy that comes over that doesn't live with his daddy, teaching values in a detention center. For girls, I said that because I'm just thinking of, of my wife, Carla, goes to this detention center for adolescent girls, and she's got three little, three girls there, three girls. And she asked me to go with her. I, I, I went with her one time, and she goes in on Wednesdays, every Wednesday, sits down with these three girls and teaches them values. And you assume responsibility outside of your life. Something I can do something about this. That's called leadership. We read about it. There's millions of books out on it. But leadership is just assuming responsibility outside of our own life. Level three. You assume responsibility for the effects of other people's irresponsibility. This is, this is where you really jump in. If I didn't have to keep preaching, I'd just kind of, as, as an illustration, I'd jump in. But I'm not going to do it. This is, this is where you just say, all right, I am all in. 
I'm going to begin to assume I am not responsible for other people's bad decision, but I will assume responsibility for the effects of other people's irresponsibility. In other words, it's, it's not that little girl's fault that mommy and daddy got divorced and now she's on the streets. Okay, that, that's the effects of people's decisions. And every single day we see effects of other people's decisions. And responsibility to a higher level is, I assume responsibility for other people's irresponsibility. Let me just throw this in here. This is what Jesus did for me. Nobody raise your hand, I'll raise my hand. How many here were irresponsible? Me. And Jesus said, you know what, John? You're irresponsible with your life, but I will assume responsibility for you. I'm going to step in. I'm going to take your place. I'm going to come to earth. I'm going to give my life so that in your irresponsibility, I will become responsible for you. The Bible says this about Jesus. Romans 5, 6 says, when we were utterly helpless. You know, there's situations in life that people, because of bad decisions of others, they're utterly helpless. Just like I was, when we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. 2 Corinthians 5.21, the Message Bible says, how, you ask? In Christ, God put the wrong on him who never did anything wrong so that we could be put right with God. That's called servant leadership level. And I believe, I believe that this morning, Resurrection Life Church, Granville, Michigan, and I believe watching us streaming right now are people that are looking at that and thinking, I can do that. I want to do that. I want to become a servant leader. I want to help abolish the effects of other people's irresponsibility. It can happen. Level number four. Do this real quick. Level number four. You assume responsibility to inspire and multiply yourself in others and other responsible people. That's the multiplication leadership. Jesus is also our example there. Jesus took 12 and he just sowed himself into them, sowed himself into them, sowed himself into them. He ministered, he helped, but he sowed his life into them and they multiplied and multiplied and multiplied. And that's why you're here today and that's why I'm here today. Let me ask you a question. Into whose life are you sowing yours? In whose life are you sowing your life? This is a multiplication, multiplication leadership level. And you can do it. There's people that need you. You're, you, you may be sitting there thinking, no, Juan, I'm, I'm, I'm broken myself. Yeah, but you might be a whole lot better than some other broken people. And there's something that you have. There's something that you've conquered. There's something that you've done that you can help someone else. That's what level four is all about. Level five, let me go to level five and we'll finish here. Level five is you assume 
responsibility for the world. For the world. And you'd say, John, man, that's, that's, that's a pretty big assumption that I could do something in the world. No, it's not. No, it's not. Matter of fact, that's the command that Jesus gave us. <laughs> Jesus gave you and Jesus gave me homework. And the homework was in Matthew 16, 15, the homework's to go into all the world and to be a light and to share the gospel. That is... Mark 16, 15, he said to them, go in all the world, preach the gospel to all creation. In other words, I assume responsibility for my world. That's the history maker transformation level. If I asked you today how many people want to be history makers, we'd all raise our hand. I want to make history. I want to transform. I want to be different. I want to, I want to be part of somebody that leaves a mark on planet Earth. This is the way you do it. To assume responsibility. And assuming responsibility means I'm not really responsible, but I make myself responsible. I'm going to make myself responsible for my world. History-making level. I believe everybody was born with a purpose. When you fulfill your purpose, you leave your mark on this world, but it will only happen if you and me embrace responsibility. And you may not be able to do everything, but you can do something. Question is, will you do something? Question is, will I do something? Doesn't matter where you're at, doesn't matter your background, doesn't matter where you live, there's something. You know, Pastor, I, I was thinking about this, and I thought, well, I'll just finish up talking about somebody that's dear to me, but also dear to Pastor Dwayne and Jeannie. When Pastor Dwayne and Jeannie lived in, in Mexico, they came back to take over this church years and years and years ago. It was about the same time Carla and I left. And uh, we kind of followed in their footsteps in Mexico. We worked with a little Indian man. A lot of you have heard Pastor Dwayne talk about a man named Venancio. Manancio, little Indian man, short, stocky, no hair, no teeth. We bought him some tea. He was styling in his later years. Manancio had a second grade education. And in 1935, he was 21 years old, he was a witch doctor. And a person came walking through his town and challenged him with the Bible, and he received Christ, and, and he burned his, his little little witchcraft books and and he told he he he's told us this story face to face pastor Dwayne and Jeannie and also to Carlin and I months later he walked up on on a mountain and looked in this huge valley it's called el, 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 el Valle del Mesquite it's a mesquite valley where the Otomi Indian his world it's where they live and he just looked over that valley and thought what can I do for my world Imagine a man with no education, no finances, didn't know how to read and write, really no physical appeal, no influence, nothing. And he decided, I'm going to be responsible for my world. And he began to walk from community to community and teach the people how to, how to farm, how to sow their seed and how to reap their harvest and, and how they could eat better. 
village to village, state to state. When I met Venancio, Venancio was 69 years old. He had started hundreds of little churches and communities where he had been, helped people, made himself responsible, history maker in his Indian tribe. We were living in Mexico when Venancio passed away. I went and did his funeral. Thousands and thousands and thousands of people carried this casket through the streets and down to the cemetery where he was buried. And I thought to myself, imagine that. Little man, little all messed up, witch doctor, gives his life to Christ, decides to make himself responsible for his world. When Venancio passed away, over 250,000 people of his Indian tribe had received Christ as Lord and Savior because of his testimony. It can be done. It can be done. But it starts with you. And you may think, well, that's in a foreign... John, that works in foreign countries. No, it works everywhere. It works everywhere. It can work in your neighborhood. It can work in your family. It can work in, in this church. It can work in the community. It works anywhere if people will rise up and just be responsible. That's what you need. That's what I need. You know, in the, in the, next, few, in the next few weeks, you'll hear of challenges and, and different things for, 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 this, for this time, for heart, for the kingdom. But I think today would be a great day to pre-decide that you're going to do something. And the way you pre-decide is to decide today, I'm going to a new level in responsibility. I am going to begin to respond to what I have the ability to respond to. So I'm going to give you the chance to do that today. And there's not room here. You'd have to get in the pool or whatever. I'm not going to ask you to come forward. But I am going to ask you to respond. Just a couple seconds, I'm going to ask everybody to bow their heads. And I'm not going to do a, I'm not going to do a call for salvation. I, today, I'm talking to you in this auditorium or to you at home that God's speaking to your heart and just as I just, just put this up there it's super simple five levels of, of responsibility but God's speaking to your heart saying I want you to go to the next level and if that's you I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet and I want to pray for you so I'm going to ask everybody bow your heads everybody bow your heads close your eyes we'll finish up here in about two minutes so if you're here today and as I talked about this simple thing, responsibility, God spoke to your heart and, and, and in some either tangible way spoke to you and said, I want you to do this, or you just feel like he's speaking to you saying, it's time for you to go to the next level. I want to pray for you. And so right now, if that's you, I want you to stand to your feet right where you're at. Just stand up. Now, there'll be hundreds of people, so you just stand up. Keep your eyes closed. Don't worry about who's around you. Doesn't mean if there's family around or people that know you. You just stand up. Respond to what God's speaking to your heart and speaking to my heart. Remember, this came, this came out, of, out, of, out of God speaking to me about going to a new level of responsibility. 
So, Father, we stand before you this morning. Jesus, as our example, your Son coming to earth, making himself responsible, changing the direction of hundreds and thousands and millions, maybe even billions of lives. We recognize this generation as our generation. Lord, we ask that you'd make us bold, you'd make us strong. Father, you would break our hearts for our generation. You'd help us to step out and make ourselves responsible for the things that we have the ability to be responsible for. And as we do that, you'll give us more and it'll compound. And we will see your kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen.